Hey guys, what's good? It's your boy Edward, aka Funklord. Welcome to the second episode of the second season of the Damn Good Podcast. My guests today are Maddie and Alex from Burstimo, a UK music marketing agency. And you might have seen one of their posts on Instagram. That's where I discovered them. Uh, they talk lots and lots about Spotify playlists, marketing, branding, content creation, all the good stuff that artists need to thrive in the new music business. And it's kind of aligned with what I do or try to achieve with this podcast. That's why it was essential to have them on and talk about that, which we did. So get your pen and paper out, get yourself a coffee and be ready for 45 minutes of distilled music industry knowledge. So without further ado, please welcome Maddie and Alex from Bersimo. Have fun. You're listening to the Damn Good Podcast with Edward Quartz, the go-to resource to help you navigate the murky waters of the new music business. So, thank you guys for coming on. No worries. No worries. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, so for the people who don't know you, who are you? Where are you based? Where are you from? And what do you do? So, we are a UK music marketing agency. Uh, the majority of musicians will know us through our social media content because we try to help artists as much as possible just navigate their way through the music industry, whether that's with their promotion, whether that's with their branding, or whether that's kind of just knowing about the industry in general. Right. How many people work for the agency right now? So there's six of us in the company, um, and we've got a bit of everyone, really. <laughs> we've yeah, got, we do. We've got a, someone that does PR, someone that does graphic design, uh, someone that runs the social media advertising, We've kind of got a little bit of everything covered. <laughs> nice. Love it. What's your background? What's your history? Like, how did you come to the idea? Like, I need to create a company to help musicians to succeed in, in the music business. Yeah, we both kind of started in traditional PR and traditional ways of marketing music. And we realized that it wasn't really working and people were employing companies to get them in blogs, magazines, radio stations and that's not how you break an artist and we kind of tried to kind of push things and we went out to see if other companies were doing it and nobody was doing it and nobody was doing like social media marketing plugging to spotify playlists and just looking for different places to get music so if there's no one else doing it and nobody wants to push for it we just thought we'll do it ourselves so yeah. we threw up a website it was literally like a we were paying like $10 a month for a Wix website, and that's how we started. We had no money, no office or anything. We just threw up a website and just saw if any artists wanted to work with us and believe in what we believed in, and there was a lot. And we've been very lucky to date to work with who we've worked with, mm. who have kind of blown up because of what we've done for them. Yeah. And our company just started from there. Yeah, we're both big marketing fans in general yeah. we just really enjoy marketing not even just in the music industry we just listen to podcasts we read books or things like that about marketing and we, we're very passionate about bringing modern marketing techniques and putting them in music because a lot of people are marketing music as if it's not really a product mm. um, and it is at the end of the day and artists want to get sales they want to get an audience as much as a brand wants an audience so we try to use those techniques and bring them to the music industry in whatever way we can right are you both musicians though do you have like any musical background yourself have you been playing music no not at not all, at all. No. no we're just big music fans really yeah. um grew up <laughs> kind of loving music um in the UK music scene, I was heavily mm. uh, into and um, used to listen to vinyl a lot. Mm. <laughs> we just come back in like massively now. Yeah, and um, I think that's like been a really big strength for us in coming up with our strategies because we're very critical. Like if you're a musician, you you have 
you have a passion for music and you understand why someone would want to listen to an artist where you've never heard of them and you listen to a piece of music and, and critique it and decide whether it's good and give your own vo- kind of view on the music. Mm. For us, we're very marketing. We're like, if the music's not good, if it's not popular, then we can see why people wouldn't listen to it. Even though yeah. it's the best piece of music in the world, we can see why it wouldn't reach people's ears. Yeah. So we focus on marketing and that's our passion and we apply it to music. Yeah, I feel like we hear the music as the everyday consumer mm-hmm. rather than um, critiquing it as a musician because there are so many songs in the charts which a lot of musicians say are awful. That's true. But we yeah. hear it as the consumer and we say, well, it's getting people to listen. Yeah. People care, so it can't be awful. <laughs> Which exactly. I think sometimes works in our favor that we, we're not musicians ourselves because mm-hmm. I think we would also favor one genre a lot more and that would be the genre that we yeah. played. <laughs> yeah, something I've been thinking about a lot recently is like the, the strength of a brand of a musician. Like a new artist puts out a track and he's already got a big fan base. People are going to listen to it because it's got a strong brand. So mm-hmm. Justin Bieber puts out a track. It might not be the best track in the world. It might not deserve number one. But it will get number one because of how strong that brand is. The new iPhone will come out in 10 days' time, and that might not deserve to be the most popular phone on the planet, but the brand is there for people to feel safe that they are investing their time and their money into this product, that it's going to be at a certain quality level. Right. And that is so important in the music industry. I think it goes missed. 100%. I feel like the biggest misconception right now is uh, musicians, especially like more old school musicians, but also like fresh musicians whom I'm working with, they think that the music is the product, Mm -hmm. which I feel it's not because the music is the marketing for the product, which is you yourself and Mm -hmm. your personal brand. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, If you look at a lot of the artists that are so successful today, people have fallen in love love with them as a person rather Mm -hmm. than the actual music itself. So a lot of the music that's, uh, that's doing well and that did chart, it, it's similar to a lot of other artists. Mm-hmm. Um, we we recently were talking about Adele as well. Adele has obviously got fantastic music, but people fell in love with her as a person because she's so relatable. She's like so many people, um, and that's what people want. People want something that's that's uh, humanized a yeah. little bit, and it's it's something they can relate to. Less of the music because the music is there's just so much competition. Mm-hmm. Right. The music needs to be good, but it it doesn't mean that. Uh, you you can just let the music do the talking entirely. That's exactly the reason why Billie Eilish exploded last year. Like exploded exactly. yeah. mm-hmm. just because of that. Her music might be, it's great. Like she has like great production, stellar songwriting, uh, good mixing, good mastering, everything fits, but also the, the personality package because it's something different. Yeah. It's very relatable to to like, you know, certain demographic, like outsiders, like we're different. That's, that's talking yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. No, I 100% agree. Yeah, I agree. We take a, a very close look at YouTubers and content creators in terms of you, you said that the music is the the marketing or or whether it's the product. We look at YouTubers and how they monetize their content. So say the music is the content, for example, then they look at selling merch, they do live meet and greets, they do live shows, they do sponsorship deals. Mm-hmm. That's where the money is. The, the music is the content. The money is um, in, in all of those things. Yeah. And that is the way it's going now. It's not going in CD sales or vinyl sales. Mm-hmm. Not even streams. No, no, no. Not even streams, no. Unless you're Drake, you know, or like Taylor Swift. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that if you tuck away streams and 
uh, sorry, it took away royalty income and said to artists, actually, Spotify doesn't pay you any money. It's like it's like SoundCloud back in the day. You upload, doesn't pay you any money. People can listen. Right. Do you want to upload? They will still upload. Yeah. They'll still <laughs> upload. Yeah. They, they just want something to complain about. So right. uh, that's that's the way people should see it. If it was free, people would still upload. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it's a discovery platform in the end. 100%. Exactly. So that, that's how people should treat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the big question is, what does work? Like, what does work in 2019? What's working? Content. <laughs> uh, yeah. Content completely. So um, the artists that are building relationships with their audience, because as I said, the music itself, there's so much so much competition. You need to stand out. You need to build relationships with your audience, create a, a sense of community. Yeah. Um, an artist that's great, is that, great at that is 21 Pilots. Yeah. They have such a strong yeah. sense of community. Great. It's a bit like a great life as well. <laughs> like, yeah. I've seen them live two months ago. They were great. Like, I bet, yeah, Smashed I've heard their shows two. are like a, an event it. and that's what people want. People mm-hmm. want to feel like when they're in a crowd, they've they've got people around them that they don't know them, but it feels like friends because that's what a, a fan base is. You have that thing in common um, and they've done a fantastic job of that and they've done amazing content and mm. they've done tour diaries and things and you feel like you know them so personally mm. and there are tons of artists that are doing it well, but right. tons of emerging artists aren't even attempting it because they, mm. they feel the music should do the talking itself and of course, the music needs to be high quality. Yeah. But if you're not putting that out with other things that are telling your message, then it's just not going to be heard at mm-hmm. all. Getting people talking works. Like, what just happened there with 21 Pilots? Like, yeah. you've just talked about how good their show was. And that that wasn't even kind of the topic, but it was so good, it was worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly now 21 Pilots is on, the, on my mind and mm-hmm. going home when i drive home i might put 21 pilots right. on yeah. because word of mouth is the strongest form of marketing 100%. billy eilish i have to admit i found out about billy eilish because everyone in the office never shut up about billy eilish yeah. <laughs> and i was just i just listened to one track loved it i think it was bad guy mm-hmm. and loved it and listened to the other tracks loved it the next one is i don't think he's big in germany sam fender briny in the office who's never shut up about sam fender <laughs> and the reason for that is sam fender replied to her dm mm-hmm. on instagram and because of that she was so excited that an artist what had replied to the dm that she told everyone and then i went and listened to sam fender's new track and i liked it and then i went back and streamed his old track and then suddenly he's got a new fan and and getting people talking about you building a relationship and people feeling like they know you enough Mm -hmm. to then go and talk about you Mm -hmm. is like the winning formula for breaking an artist yeah because Word of mouth in the past was so difficult. That's why people bought billboards. That's why people bought advertising space yeah. because you had to be spoken about. And the only way to get in front of people that weren't in your area was buying that advertising space. But now because of social media, you can so you can reach people organically. You can put out some content. And if it's good enough and it, it creates some sort of relationship, people share it with their friends. They tag mm. their friends. And then word of mouth is just digital now and it, it's global. Um, so it's just so much easier to do. Um, so I definitely think the content is probably the thing that can blow an artist up. Yeah, right. In, in a matter of weeks as well. <laughs> there are artists that are, are charting because of that entirely. Mm. Totally. Two things. The first question was, what works now? Mm-hmm. And the last question would be, future and what will be working next year? And I, I guess like this is already answered because this is timeless. Like creating a connection, yeah, personal connection with your fans, creating great content. That's that will be the thing always to do, yeah, regardless of time. So that's ticked off. 
The second thing is resulting out of your answer is what kind of content? Like what should people put out? Because that that's what I get in like, if I tell people like, hey, you need to create some personal engaging content. I'm like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what to do. I'm like, do whatever, like share whatever your journey is, share your in the studio shots, share like, talk to your people, show your face, do do like yeah. anything. Like you don't have to vlog your entire life, but you might. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it depends on on the platforms as well. Like you said, what what um, what's going to work in the future? It's so hard to tell because um, new social media platforms are coming about constantly, and at the moment we're we're very hot on TikTok just because it's it's growing artists rapidly, um, and uh, so the, the content can work around the social media platform. So. Mm -hmm. Um, Snapchat bought across the, the the story icon, which got bought across to Instagram, which made people a lot more spontaneous with their content. Um, and I think that now works really, really well because it's very relatable. It's very real and it mm. feels very human. So I think uh, that sort of spontaneous content works really well for artists. But we say just say true to yourself, whatever feels comfortable, because there is no point picking up a camera and talking to it if you're not that kind of person because mm -hmm. it comes across so yeah. obviously. Um, because it's very difficult for an artist to yeah. find a content there's, strategy that works. There's for them. no like one single way, like you no, said. Just it like people you can't mirror someone else's like route to success. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to find your own and find your own strengths, and then you do that by just trying different things. Even if it's just a case of like putting up a photograph of a of a single like sign or or like the first place you ever played live and writing a little blog post in the in the caption of Instagram or something mm. like that, that is still creating content. There are so many different ways an artist can create content. Mm -hmm. Right. You gotta be self-aware enough to know yourself like, hey, am I that guy who's putting out himself over a podcast or like over a video or whatever? Or am I the guy who's I'm a musician, but I'm also streaming on Twitch and like playing games with my family, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I think um I think content is too often seen as sit down, talk to a camera. Yeah. Content can be a blog, it can be a podcast, it can be um, written word under an image on Instagram. There's there's so many different ways to create content. Um, and because a lot of successful artists are sitting down and talking to a camera, I think um, people believe that's the only method. But as yeah. you said, there's so many different ways. Right. If you guys are listening and you don't know what, what content to release and you think like, hey, I need to be present with my face on camera, on, on stories, 24-7, you don't have to, like you can do whatever. I've seen guys playing Twitch, streaming games, which I'm not that much into, but lots of people are, so you can do that. Yep. Mm. Anything worse, really, like whatever you do, in the studio shots, don't even show your face, but have at least some connection to your to your fans and build that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or, or cr like curate your own content. Like if you wanted to get your music out there and you could find like, say you're really into like soccer and your own music, you could go and find your favorite player and then create a highlights video of all of the best scenes and put your music to it. That's still content. That mm. is creating content for your music that is gonna, gonna get you out there. So mm. it's not just talking to camera or necessarily about you. It can be about other people. In fact, you were researching podcasts mm -hmm. and uh, it was George Ezra and Snoop Dogg, I think it was, and you identified that it was never about them on the podcast. Yeah, you, you, they used other people. Yeah, it was. To get it was content. strange that. So basically, I'm currently writing a blog po blog post about um, podcasting because I think it's really strange that the music industry hasn't really jumped onto it. I think podcasting has become extremely popular. That um, there are over six million listeners a week 
in the UK on podcasts, which is it's insane. Incredible. It's an audience that musicians aren't reaching. Um, and we basically found from um, the research that the majority of artists that are doing it successfully are interviewing. They're not they're not sitting down and having a chat. They're interviewing other people. And I think perhaps this could be um, the kind of content that a lot of artists could go down. Bringing in other musicians, other people in the industry doesn't even need to be in the industry if it can create interesting conversations mm. um, so that you don't feel as forced to have to come up with topics and conversations by yourself so often. So I think interviewing and bringing other people in, collaborating with other people um, is something that a lot more artists are going to be attempting to do soon enough. Thank mm. you for spilling my idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to do. That, I, I just want to sit down with my musician friends. Um, and just talk about whatever, not necessarily even music, just whatever I experienced in that day or like, kind of like Joe Rogan. Mm. He's like the man for, for that, like the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. yeah. Just talk about whatever. He sits down with like the most interesting people in the world and he doesn't necessarily talk about whatever yeah. the hot topic is around like that guy in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of cool. And I feel like- Yeah, definitely. I would watch it 100% if like two musicians would sit down and I know them or even not, but they're like interesting. Just talk about like, whatever and just chill that's that's something i would watch 100 mm. same so let's switch it up a little bit TikTok. you just touch it up right there for yeah. a little uh explain TikTok to to guys like me who are not into it yet because i've seen TikTok since it's been musically but i've never been on it actually because that yeah. for me it was like teenage girls dancing to music like why would i be on TikTok? yeah <laughs> but right now everyone's yeah. raving about it yeah i think uh i think the transition from musically to TikTok has actually been a bit bigger than people think i think uh, a lot of people think it's the same it's stayed to the same content but it hasn't at all it's very similar to vine um i think vine's probably more our generation uh, rather than the, the 10 year olds <laughs> and um it's just comedic Gets it's uh, it is a lot of music related things so dance routines and challenges but the main theme throughout is um, the music that is used and is picked up is getting global reach it's it's insane so you've got um, Old Town Road Little Nas X obviously did amazing Blanco Brown did fantastically with his latest release um, and the main things that are happening is they they put out a track it gets picked up by one individual who creates a challenge and then from there it goes crazy um and i think a lot of artists are leaving it out because they're seeing it as a quite a cringy platform they're seeing it as too young but a lot of the time the people that are listening to um music that's coming up are the younger generation anyway so yeah. i think it's a fantastic platform to get on and uh i do believe that probably this time next year will be when it's oversaturated with artists trying to get their music out so if artists start doing it now I think it's probably the perfect time to, to be taking advantage of it. 100%. It's always the, the first come, first served for online platforms. So reserve your spot now. Exactly. If you can get it on it quick, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're definitely going to do better. I just had one guy. I was born in Kazakhstan, actually, like in the former Soviet Union, which is funny. And I had one guy whom I mixed a single for. Mm. His first single, what I wanted to say is that TikTok is not only reserved for like Europe and US. He's from Kazakhstan and his first single, which is super, super cheesy pop, but it worked on, on that platform. He went from nobody, like nobody knew him. First single, 5 million streams over TikTok in about like month, just mm. exploded. And now he's playing all over Russia and Kazakhstan as well. Mm -hmm. And like the, the second single just released like yesterday. And like he's get, already getting on, on TikTok the second time. And this is a discovery platform for like this. This is basically building his career from zero, from yeah, from nothing, which is incredible. What's interesting is we're we're seeing quite a lot of artists at the moment 
writing songs specifically for TikTok. Um, That's what he did. Yeah. So they'll write songs that have sort of the challenge already within it. So if you look at Blanco Brown's track, um, it very much says what the dance routine should be. Um, Old Town Road, when he wrote the the new album, he his aim was to make it go viral again. So he wrote tracks that he knew could be turned into challenges. And although it wasn't as successful as his first release, um, it did still blow up on the on the platform. And I think a lot of artists, um, especially the major label ones, which are kind of being pressured a lot to get the the viewers and the listeners, they're writing tracks which they know are going to fit the platform well. Right. So it will be interesting to see um, if that does impact the popular releases at the moment. To see if like the sound of them is more um not even commercial but more fitting to to the to the platform so it's the lyrics are written to form a challenge um i think we might see a, a trend in that quite a bit probably right though that's interesting of course because some people will say like hey like creating songs especially for that platform isn't that weird like i want to express myself in a different way and i mean yeah you kind of can but like you're also missing out on on this huge because you can make one song that's that's exploding right there and then you can do whatever like yeah and write an album with like ballads and do whatever afterwards yeah i also think that people are, are naturally um adapting their music over time so a lot of people have cut down their, their intros to their songs because they feel that it won't get picked up on spotify as well because if an intro is so long and you're on a discover weekly platform uh playlist people might just skip it so people are actually creating their music to fit with the platforms at the moment so I don't know if there's that much of a difference for creating music a little bit differently for for TikTok. Mm. Um, I guess I guess without the proof of knowing, because a lot of artists haven't even tried the platform yet, they probably won't be too happy with creating music specifically for it. But we'll see within the next few few years, I would say. Right. So your advice would be to definitely check out TikTok and see if it works for you. A hundred percent. And everyone I know that I've recommended it to has. Um, Kind of downloaded it as a bit of a joke just to check it out and has got addicted. Me being one of them. <laughs> I think it's a really great platform. All right. Um, what about Spotify though? It's still the number one biggest platform right now for musicians mm -hmm. and for the foreseeable future as well. What's your what's your stab on this? I think Spotify is essentially here to stay. Um, I think they are currently inundated with submissions from emerging artists desperate to get on the Spotify official playlists. And you're seeing the playlists getting more and more uh, towards signed artists, and it will always be like that. Um, I think people have dreams of the algorithm just picking things up and just creating these perfect playlists from emerging artists. And it's always going to be a case of the signed artists will have about 80% of these playlists, 20% emerging artists. Mm. Uh, it's very difficult, but It's a discovery platform, like we were saying earlier, and it will always be the place where all of the artists want to blow up on. Mm. And it is still your best chance of blowing up as an artist is getting on a Spotify official playlist or or getting picked up by the Discover Weekly algorithm. Mm, I think um, Spotify, yeah, very much favor emerging artists compared to the other platforms. Um, and as you said, the algorithm has so much power because um, we've had debut releases get on editorial playlists and generating hundreds of thousands of streams, which was never really before possible uh, because you'd have to put a lot of money into marketing to get those, those kind of listeners. Um, however, I do think they have a very different brand to something like Apple and Deezer. Mm -hmm. um, you don't hear artists saying, um, why am I not on an Apple playlist? Right, yeah. um, I think Spotify's created this brand where they 
They seem to be favoring emerging artists to a point where it looks like they're all sat there every single day trying to find new music. And that's not what they're doing. They're, yeah. they're there to generate money and they're there to keep people on a platform. And um, emerging artists, if someone doesn't know you, they're less likely to, to stay on that playlist. So they need to they need to be generating more listeners, which does mean having the more popular artists on the homepage and on the cover images. Um, so I think I think emerging artists do need to take a, a different approach to it. They should definitely see it as a discovery platform, but don't punish the platform for not favoring you. <laughs> yeah. um, because yeah. Apple Music don't, and neither did Deezer and other playlists like that. If the track is good enough, it will get picked up by the algorithm. But don't punish Spotify if they don't. Yeah. Um, there's a reason they won't be. It's a, it's a very good point. Always think of the end user and what they have to do to serve the end user. And if Drake and Taylor Swift aren't on every single playlist that they suit, then people will move away from the platform because that is what they're there for. Mm. If it's just filled with emerging artists they've never heard of, they'll go to Apple Music. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what um, it's going to be like this time next year. Because Apple Music is now the leading streaming platform in America. Um, and I don't know if it's going to come across more to, to Europe now. Because there has been a few issues with Spotify, especially with right. artists yeah. complaining about money, labels suing because of not enough royalties mm. coming through. There's been a lot of issues. It's also the leading platform in Russia as well, since they don't have Spotify yet at all. Like, they don't have Spotify. They don't have access to Spotify. Really? So they only have Apple Music oh, right now. I didn't now. know that. I knew, I knew they just came into India um, and a lot of those kind of countries, but I didn't I didn't know they weren't in Russia, and that's huge. So yeah. I guess we'll see. We'll see soon. But but at the moment, we, we still favor Spotify purely because they're amazing for emerging artists. How do you get on Spotify's playlist, though? Like, despite having... Not despite, like... First thing, you need to have great music, of course. But second thing is, how do you get on playlists by yourself if you don't have um, you guys, a PR team behind, no managers, no connections at all? Where do you start even? The Spotify for Artists is the number one way now. Mm -hmm. That is the only place they're really taking submissions. Mm -hmm. So we'd say three to four weeks before release, get you distributed to get Spotify for Artists active and be able to submit your track early yeah. and just write your pitch and get it in there. Um, We've also identified the image as a big thing. We went through some Spotify official playlists and noticed that it's quite sad, but image is a very important. Yeah. If you don't have good artwork, if you don't have good photographs, they want their platform to be aesthetically pleasing. So if you've just got a selfie as your <laughs> about section, it's not it's not going to happen for you. You mm. do need to have professional image. Yeah, we, we keep hearing of artists saying that they're paying for contact lists and things to get to those editors. Yeah. Those editors, so many of them aren't editors anymore just because they've created this submission right. thing. Um, and also, they don't want to be <laughs> emailed constantly with submissions. That's not really their mm. job. They want to create playlists that are enjoyable for the listener. Um, and that is done by them looking at the stats, them um, letting the algorithm decide, but but also kind of personal decisions, looking at what, what's going on in the media, looking at what artists are doing and which artists are up and coming. Um, but the best place, yeah, is through the Spotify for Artists submission form because they will not take it if you start bombarding their emails or their LinkedIn or right. their Twitter because we've heard of a lot of artists doing that. I've even seen people selling those lists online. Like I've seen producers sell yeah. like, like lists of, of like, hey, here's the whole... Spotify and Apple Music editorial team. Mm -hmm. I'm selling this list for like 400 bucks. I'm like, Jesus, like, yeah. Yeah. And trust me, if it was that good and that effective, that person would brand themselves as the best Spotify and Apple Music plugger 
in the world <laughs> and you should pay them to send your track if that it was that would be that too useful. easy yeah yeah if it was that easy just buying a list sending over your music boom i'm on spotify discover weekly <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so what kind of services do you guys provide how do you help First of all, question is, do you work with signed musicians only or like with independent musicians with a budget as well? Uh, it completely ranges our roster. So we do have some major label artists, um, but we do work with a lot of emerging artists as well. So there are a few artists that we've loved working with and it's been their debut release and we've worked from day one all the way up until the point they're at now and we've got them signed, which has been so rewarding, so fantastic. Awesome. Um, but we, we work with artists basically... Um, each campaign is personalized to the stage they're at in their career, their music, um, what they have to offer, because some artists will be so on it with their social media, but they need someone to work more on the actual sales of it. So we'll focus more on the social media advertising. Whereas there are other artists that literally have no brand at all, have no idea what to post, and we'll be working more on with the graphic design team, getting that color palette in place, getting a logo, all the simple things. Um, it ranges entirely on the level they're at. We're, we're currently working with a major label artist at the moment for influencer marketing, um, which we do a lot of at the moment, and brand collaborations. But obviously, you can't offer brand collaborations for a completely unheard of artist. So it does completely <laughs> depend on what level they're at in their career. 100%. What's your criteria for taking on clients, though? Do you take just about anyone with a, with a budget, or do you search and, and no. scream? And <laughs> <laughs> we probably take about 5%, I'd say, of the people that reach out to us. Yeah. Um, and that's because, yes, we said the music obviously isn't the end thing, and you can still do well with... Right. Average music what are you, you looking for? What are you looking for but, in artists? But we need to have good music for yeah. one. It yep. does need to be good. We need to enjoy it ourselves. We'll play it in the office. And if and if no one's vibing with it, no one feels that it has potential, then that's unfortunately not something we can work with. But uh, we look for someone that's also happy to sort of experiment, happy mm -hmm. to be creative with us. Because if they just give us money and say, get us streams, yeah. that's not something we're interested in. Personality <laughs> is a big thing as mm. well. If we can work with them and we understand them, and they understand us and their expectations are manageable. If they just come to us saying, I want players, I want streams, where's my streams? Then we're not <laughs> the right company. We we build fan bases. We look to get engagement on social media. We have people loving you as an artist. We don't necessarily aim for millions and millions of streams because the streams come afterwards. Fan bases are a lot more difficult. Yeah. Also, I know plenty of artists that have millions of streams, but then they go to book out a gig and they can't no even get up. 10 ticket yeah. sales. Um, the, the numbers at the end of the day mean nothing unless you're getting that engagement. So the thing we always strive for is engagement, legitimate people interested in you as an artist and your music. Um, because as soon as you've got that, as soon as you've got that attention, you can monetize mm. on it. You can be getting attention on any single thing that you want to. Um, and that's the, the main thing for mm. any artist i think awesome i'm betting if you are starting to work with an artist it, it's not like a two week three year collaboration it's more of a long-term thing yeah yeah so we wouldn't be able to do anything in a, in, a, in two weeks because mm. um especially with social media you have to have quite a, a while to to build that content up to be building the relationships with the audience but also with with advertising social media advertising we couldn't just run one ad and expect it to blow up right and um, so we do we we hope to work with artists um, for as long as we possibly can to, to build that brand, build that image um, and get the results that they're, they're actually wanting. Right. The reason I'm asking is because I have friends or like clients who, who like we work on a song and they or, or like EP and they want to go get a higher PR firm and they're going to say, hey, I want to try out this firm for like one month or two months, see if again they can get me like 
lots and lots of hype and streams, and then I want to do it by myself. I'm like, uh, I don't know if that works because like you want you want to capitalize on like whatever, but one month, two months is nothing where you can build actual like an actual brand that that has longevity. I mean, you can explode, but it's not on 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 you to decide. Not even on the PR firm, they can help you to yeah. amplify your message. And that's basically it, but it's not on you to decide. Yeah, I think with PR firms, it's a bit different because they're obviously working um, pre-release to write a press release and everything. And then they're, they're pitching it to the media, which they can do in a short, shorter amount of time because all it requires is emailing, getting feedback, and then hopefully some coverage runs. Whereas with us, uh, it's a little bit different because we need that time to generate that that hype to get that target audience, work out what that target audience is initially um, and then target them, mm. um, which is obviously a, a longer a longer uh, task for us than, than just sending out emails. Um, but there are PR companies that do shorter campaigns and do get the results. Um, however, we're, we're not just really focused completely on, on press and the radio side of things. Yeah, for you, it's also way more personal, kind of like artists working yeah. with their audience you're like working with your with the artist it's like the, the personal connection it has to exactly. be there as well yeah. yeah yeah what's your step on um also not not only for for artists but also for service providers like me and for whatever mixing engineers producers online what's your step on advertising and like facebook and instagram ads right now because i feel like if you don't have an ad budget right now and you start starting from zero building up your account and putting out content if you don't use at least like 50 euros a month, 50 bucks a month, that's you're missing out a lot of attention. Yeah, I think a lot of artists are burning their money on Facebook and Instagram ads and they don't realize kind of what they're doing. And again, like we were saying about Spotify, thinking about the end user, the artists aren't thinking about the end user. And and the mistake that stems from is you think your music is so good, uh, people just need to hear 10 seconds of it and then they will become an instant fan and that's not the case at all. So we hear that a lot, that artists are spending like $50 and then expecting the world and they got nothing. But for us, it's about putting together a strategy that is going to work. And then we, we spend a lot of time with our artists figuring out a formula and, and a set amount of ads where we drive awareness to their music only, then we drive awareness to the artists themselves then one other piece of content, then we ask them to go stream the track. So when they go away and they finish their campaign, they've got this formula which they can use again and again and again, and, and say they've only got $100 that month to spend, then they, sp they, they throw $100 through this system and it ends up in a, a number of streams. If they've got $2,000, then they will get 20 times the number of streams as that hundred dollars did and it, it all starts with how do you get people to stop scrolling and that's what artists struggle with so how do you get someone to take notice of your music in the first place if you're going to spend money on facebook ads instagram ads what why would someone want to consume music in that state of mind like when i am on instagram i'm not in a state of mind where I'm going to dedicate three minutes to anything. I'm going to dedicate five seconds to something that is maximum. So you need to figure out what, what you can package your music as to be able to get people to listen. Is it a piece of content which you've created as an artist and you've got your music over the background? Is it that soccer example I mentioned earlier where people just love soccer and you target that audience who are going to stop and watch highlights from a really niche player? 
what is it that's going to stop people? Then you can start retargeting with your content and then your promo videos and then asking people to stream. You've got to understand that your budget can't just go into uh, going out to a wide audience for awareness and that's it. There's a process to it. And if you think about it this way, you don't, if you're shopping for a new TV or a new laptop and a brand new brand of TV pops up on your Instagram, you don't just go out and buy it. You you read the reviews, you find out about the brand, you forget about it, then another influencer will give it a shout out, then you go buy it. To say on average, seven, it takes seven times to see a brand before you actually make a purchase. And I think artists need to keep that in mind. Yeah, I also think it's the same for producers, uh, mixing engineers, anyone that's trying to sell their actual services. There's no point creating a graphic saying, I've worked with this person, pay for my studio time right because there's so many to choose from why should they trust you why should mm. they trust that you have that ability instead if you you like you said you could sit down with musicians you could have mm. a chat people get to know you personally they think this guy's really cool this yeah. guy's got a really nice personality i would love to work yeah. with him that's going to get you 10 times more sales than actually running basic adverts exactly yeah yeah i feel like people in our niche they try to close way too quick. Like they want, they want to marry the girl on the first date. If you know what I mean, like they're meeting the girl, exactly, like, yeah. dropping on their knees instantly, like, "Hey, marry me." No, it's not how it works. Yeah, I'm, I'm repeating myself here, probably for a second, uh, for this tenth time. By, but you need like, you know, dine and wine, go out on a date, on a second date, on a third date. Yeah, then maybe you know, do like a longer trip, and then maybe propose later on after like a fifth or sixth date if you want to. Well, not like instantly. Yeah. So the same goes. Yeah. Same goes for selling your services. Um, create some content. Yeah. Help out for free. Like whatever it is. Do give give out some feedback. Create some some educational or funny content. And then later down the line, they're gonna want their album or EP mixed or produced. And like, hey, this guy has been competent in the past. And like, how about I reach out to him and see what he can do for us. Yeah, we, we spoke to a producer called John McLucas, who is amazing at creating content. And he says that all of his work as being a producer has come from creating his content on his YouTube channel. So it's content is so much more powerful than just running ads or just putting like ads in magazines and things like that or reputation. Yeah, I mean, it's built our brand entirely. Yeah. Um, when we first started, how are you meant to tell, persuade an artist that you have any sort of value? How are you meant to prove you have any sort of knowledge? Mm. Um, and we chose to do that by sitting down and having a chat about it. Um, and it also just gets the audience to understand you as people. If you're likable, people want to work with you. Yeah. If you're a genuine person, people want to work with you. Um, and I think far too many artists are going in for the kill immediately and are just asking to stream the music when yeah. they could be spending three, four minutes of their time doing something else. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Man, <laughs> that's been a lot of information today. I'm, I'm digesting it. And I feel like people are going to love it. <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm glad. So if I might ask you for like one, one hands-on technique or trick. I know techniques and tricks are like secondary to, to building a brand and building a connection. But what's one thing people can do like instantly to, to kind of succeed at promoting themselves, building their brands, whatever, making their music work? One little hands-on trick that you would like. I like the, the one that you did yesterday or like two days ago on Instagram where you said you can put actually put hashtags into your stories, lots of them, and use them yeah. because nobody uses them. I think, Something like this. Yeah, I think we have, um, we have a lot of tricks that will get kind of immediate numbers. And I don't think a lot of artists 
um, are really thinking that long term. Mm -hmm. Those numbers, yeah, that, that those hashtags will will get you views, but nothing will get you engagement unless the content is good. So if I had the chance to sit any artist down right now and speak to them, I would just say, take some time and really, really think about what you want to betray to an audience, how you want to engage with them, and then just make it. And at first, it doesn't feel quite natural. It doesn't mm. feel like you're going to get anything from it. But give it a couple of months and the engagement, the organic reach is phenomenal on all of these social media platforms. Yes, the organic reach is dropping, but it's a free platform. And the organic reach you are getting is still amazing. Thank you. <laughs> that has been enlightening. I got one more question, though. What about the idea that people want to write hits and they want to, as you said earlier, like people want to write hits for, for like TikTok and like for Spotify to get picked on really fast. But what about like people wanting to write number one hits, then just becoming famous and not doing anything and people being lazy and like kind of neglecting the dirty work that they have to do? Because there's still lots and lots of people I meet that, that, that have this, this old school thinking of, hey, I want to get picked up by, you know, like this guy with lots of money, he's investing in me and I'm, I'm not doing shit except yeah. writing songs and not doing anything. And I meet that a lot, actually. So what would you say to, to those people? Um, do you know, my first one is, I don't know if you've got stuff as well, but enjoy the journey as well, because like, Have you ever played like video games, like say like GTA five, and then you kind of aspire to have these weapons and you have these cars and like you, you, the game would be so much easier if you had those things and then you get them and then you complete the game and suddenly the game's boring and, and you don't, you don't want to play it anymore. And you thought that it would be better, but it's not, it's worse. And people trying to take shortcuts and just kind of cut corners. They're essentially just trying to use cheat codes that will make one life less fulfilling for them. So you do have to learn to enjoy the journey and, and where you're at at the moment. And the second thing I have is like one hit wonders are one hit wonders for a reason. Whatever goes up must come down. If you do things sustainably and you build an audience, you can build release on release and have a trend. Mm -hmm. But if you just like spike and then go back down, then you are just going to crash. Yeah, I also think, yes, people are creating music to, to suit platforms. But if you end up creating music for for other people constantly, never yourself, you're going to end up hating the music. Yeah. Um, you should love every single track you make. Mm -hmm. Because say you do create a track purely to chart, it does chart, you are stuck in that genre. You're stuck in it. You, all your audience like that kind of music. Yep. And it's, if you're a rock artist and you decided to create a pop song because you wanted it to mm. chart, you're stuck. And you can't just suddenly go back to your rock songs because no one's going to care about it and people are going to complain. They're going to slag off your music. So first of all, just create content and music that you enjoy and you mm. like because you will get stuck. <laughs> it's uh, the worst yeah, if, thing. If that becomes a hit, you can, you can replicate it if you love it because you know where it comes from. Exactly. Awesome. And I feel like this would be a perfect point to, to add our podcast today. Cool. Um, I appreciate it a lot. Where can people find out more about you? I would, I would suggest, first of all, Instagram at Burstimo. I'm going to put it in the description. I'm going to put it anywhere on my stories as well. So <laughs> you're going to see but. Uh, you can also check us out on our website. You can literally just Google Burst. Yeah. We've got a YouTube channel as well, which is more kind of this content where we just talk with people. We do longer form content as well. Awesome. Um, 
And that's kind of the, yeah, the main platform. Yeah, youtube.com slash burstamo. Yeah. Yeah. I quite enjoyed the blog posts on the website. So I suggest checking those out as well. Those are pretty helpful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, uh, I appreciate a lot. Actually, I'm, I'm going to say like I was, usually I'm very talkative. I talk a lot and talk good and talk well. But today I was a little bit nervous because like there was so much knowledge dropped to me. <laughs> and I was, I was feeling kind of like, you know, usually I'm the one who's, who's feeling like, like an authority in a sense, you know. As far as I can, but today, like today, I was I was like the student sitting in front of teachers, so that was kind of a little bit uh, nerve wracking for me, which is okay. I mean, I enjoyed it and it was very helpful to me as well. Yeah. So no, we really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, thank but, you yeah, very it's, much. It's nice to have a conversation that's just kind of natural and and you understand kind of the point of view we're coming from instead of um, the whole need streams, need mm. numbers. It's yeah. it's refreshing. Yeah, one hundred percent. I appreciate it a lot. So <laughs> thank you all for coming on. And I'll see you online. Thank Thanks. you. All right. This was it. Hope you guys enjoyed it a lot. Check out the description. I've got all the links in there. Or just check at Burstimo on Instagram. Also follow at Edward Court. Now you might consider giving this podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because that helps me a lot to get discovered more and get more listeners and more sponsors for you guys and better guests. So I would appreciate it a lot. I'll see you next week with Ali from Oak Sound, the founder and CEO of Oak Sound, the company that did Soothe, which is probably one, if not the best plugin of the last two to three years, for sure. We talked about the business, programming, VSTs, competitors, all of that juicy stuff. You're going to love it. So I'll see you next week. Peace.